Welcome to Conversations With. I'm your host, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening today. Wherever you are listening, make sure to press that follow button so you never miss a future episode. I'm joined today with Kieran Cooper as we discuss his role in the Small and Shouted Comedy Club with my previous guest, Matt Davenport. We also talk about his job at Dirty Blondes, the bar in Blackpool, and we talk about how he got into comedy and his journey so far. We discuss our love for wrestling and how that love has developed into Kieran creating his own podcast, Turnbuckle Talk Podcast. You can follow the podcast on the link in the description of this episode. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at conversationswith.jamie for behind the scenes pictures, clips and exclusive content. Now here is my conversation with Kieran Cooper. I'm quite a big wrestling fan as well. I've wanted to do it. I, I speak to my mate when I was talking about wanting to do podcasts. I uh, wanted to do, but there's so many wrestling podcasts out there. So what's going to make mine so unique? Uh, my mate was telling me there's one out there where it just has two guys, two friends. One's a wrestling fan, one's not. And they basically just watch every WrestleMania. And it, it's just fun to obviously have that other person watching wrestling for the first time. But yeah. I don't know. How did you come about Turnbuckle Talk Podcast? Um, I literally said to John, we said about, we said about, we're going to do a podcast for ages. Let's just do it. So we're like, right. Okay. So we came up with loads of wrestling, um, names and, you know, um, wrestling terms and was going through every kind of name that sounded kind of good. Yeah. And then we found Turnbuckle Talk. We was like, right, that's the one. And then we downloaded an app called Anchor. So we've done a bit, a little bit of research and Anchor's like, um it's a it's an app that is for podcasters for beginners so it has lots of really good tools to kind of get you started and kind of develop your podcasting skills so we did that and it was like right the first episode let's do it about an introduction into wrestling so our first memories of wrestling um what it was like growing up what it was like at school and we discussed like we could talk about new wrestling stuff that's happening right now but there's so much people that are out there that um used to watch wrestling but don't anymore and still would probably tune in just because it's nostalgia and they remember like you know the rock versus austin at wrestlemania yeah especially uh, like you said i'm pretty sure you mentioned in episode one as well when i was listening to it i was one of those kids on those on the schoolyard like wrestling at school on breaks and stuff like that. I think me and my mate also had our own wrestling company. I mean, we're still on YouTube. Uh, there's some videos of us there. Uh, we had our own belts, uh, BCW, Blackpool Championship Wrestling. <laughs> I was a French ninja. Can't speak a word of French, but you know, it rolls off the tongue better than the ninja or <laughs> so, yeah. But nah, I used to love wrestling, like proper like wrestling. Nah, it was one of those things is like, I've always wanted to be a wrestler. Let's go to wrestling school. But then realise I don't have the stamina or the ability to, <laughs> to do that. Especially nowadays with flips and kicks and stuff. But, well, flips and kicks or whatever like people want to call it. But, yeah, so, I've, like I said, it's just talking about wrestling. Um, I just love to do it. But there's, it's such a niche subject as well. Uh, so I commend you yeah. going and doing it. And speaking, I think your last one, SummerSlam, one was about two, three hours long as well, wasn't it? It was, it was quite yeah. a lengthy one, the SummerSlam one. Yeah, it's about two hours long. But we decided, I think that's too long, I think. I think an hour hour and 20 minutes is probably the right amount of time. It's just when people can listen to it on the way to work, on yeah. the bus, you know. So. 
Yeah, it needs to be your lamp powered up. Uh, I've got that greatest movies ever one, which is like a, a separate one to what I'm doing these conversations with. And some of them have gone three, four hours long. It's ridiculous. So when, I, when I'm editing that, I've got to listen to it three, four hours. I'm like, right. We went in, we recorded the 70s one last night and it was like, okay, no tangents. We're going to do this less than two hours, an hour and a half max, hopefully. Nobody really watched any 70s films. We're going to smash it. It'll be great. Three hours long, two minutes. I was like, for God's sake. <laughs> but um, so, so you've done two episodes so far. You've got episode three recording soon. Yeah. Funny enough, we, we did episode three this afternoon. And you got a mention in it, actually. I got mentioned. Is it because of what I messaged? Yeah, because we're on about <laughs> And toys we had as a kid, and I had the wrestling ring and the figures. And I said that it's interesting that you mentioned that you had like your own like championship, right? Your matches in the book and everything. I never did that, so that was quite. I, that was a new thing to me that that you did that. And then John was talking about he used to have an account on you on Yahoo, and you message in Yahoo your matches and your storylines, and then Yahoo send like um results back oh i've done that before yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's I've, I've never did i never did that but uh yeah there was, like some, a... there was some weird stuff online back in the night like you said you could there was like i'm pretty sure i can't remember exactly what it was but you were there was basically like a fed i think that's what it was called like be a fed and somebody created a company and then you got to pick a wrestler and then what you did was your, you take control of that wrestler, so you cut promos, and depending on how good your promos are, you just post a promo, and the Fed will basically pick matches for you, and obviously titles yeah. and stuff. And like I said, they'll just automate it, like, they'll just put you into like a, a randomizer kind of thing, I assume, and then pick who's the winner. But I've loved doing so, I think that's what's helped with my script writing degree, because I love writing. Uh, I used to have a be a booker as well, so I used to just run a whole show. I was actually going to try and find it and send it to you when you mentioned it all, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I had, I used to run a whole show, so I used to run Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views, obviously, and then you split the roster two ways, and then I used to just publish two shows. So it starts off with lights and fireworks go off and Raw, Steffi McMahon walks out, does a promo, you write the whole promo, then you do the match. If you ever watch WrestleZone, if you ever like watch the results of WrestleZone, yeah. you write it like that to a degree. Okay. So, and literally, it's just all of that, and it's, I miss doing that to a degree, but <laughs> um, it's just fun and creative stuff to do, but when you're talking about me being uh, with my wrestlers, I used to have books and just writing matches, feuds, uh, match types, thinking of the craziest match types I could have, and like I said, I had, a, I had a raw roulette, so I used to spin it and just see what would happen. <laughs> it was amazing. I used to create, like, I had a what they call the cork boards and just had a piece of paper and just span it and just see what happens. <laughs> see, the only thing I really did was before I had a wrestling, because the wrestling rings were quite expensive, especially yeah. like when I was younger and I made like my own wrestling ring out of um, like cereal cardboard boxes yeah. and string. And it was so like proper white trash kind of made, you know, home, you know, wrestling ring. Um, but when I got older, I, I got, an actual official wrestling ring. It was like the best thing that I ever got in all my life. Yeah. No, it I was the Titan, the Titan one live. The one where you had the metal things on the feet and then I mean, you put it on yeah. and it starts playing their music. That to me was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. 
It's like literally, I, I remember it because I think I lost them all due to damp, but I used to have basically everything. I had the SmackDown Fist Arena, Elimination yeah. Chamber Cage. But that one, I just remember like you'd have randomly have like Mankind or something, it just go. There was nothing I cared about. I didn't care about girls, I didn't care about anything. It was just literally Pokemon and wrestling. Yeah. That's how I was at school. And marbles or 50p pitch and toss. <laughs> For a brief period, it was yo-yos as well. Yo-yos. Yeah, they came back. You know, they came into fashion for like two months. Everyone, everyone had yo-yos. <laughs> I'll twist that. I think I kind of remember that because everyone's all like, "Oh, look what I can do! Make it walk!" <laughs> like just flip it. Like that. They, they hired my school. I went to Moor Park in Blackpool. They hired like a yo-yo, like skill person to do some yeah. tricks in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with um wrestling talk podcast do you have like an initial plan of what you want to do with it i assume like i said you had the you had obviously the introduction of getting into wrestling the second one SummerSlam. this one's all about the toys do you go into it or is it just like a thing where i'm going to be like well let's just talk about this today or um so we kind of we both decide on the subject yeah and then kind of we give each other questions like i said to john what's the most strangest toy you had as a kid you know, and then yeah. I do the same question and then we kind of ask them questions and then just build upon it. Yeah. Because especially with wrestling and especially with me and John, there needs to be some kind of structure. Otherwise, we'll just talk about, you know, we'll just, you know. It's get tangents. Back. Yeah, tangents just go on about ages. <laughs> uh, like I said, um, what I said to you before the recording, like you can just start talking about some random stuff and 40 minutes late, you've just realised oh, we're over two hours now and we still haven't even got halfway through the questions. <laughs> like, this is a thing as well, like, maybe people who don't watch wrestling, who, you know, throughout all the years don't realise, but there's so much in wrestling. So obviously, like, there's the storylines, there's, like, the actual matches, yeah. politics and, like, um, stuff that goes on backstage. Um, I mean, there's been, like, quite a few incidents backstage so now back in the 90s um the only these have like a they used to have a courtroom right and yeah. the only thing would be the judge yeah. so, so there's an incident with uh billy gun uh badass billy gun and i think al snow one of them ate um someone else's food <laughs> right? and i'm pathetic but what they did they got them in front of the judge then they're taking they'll, they'll state the case and um, APA were that the bodyguards, and then whoever lost would have to have a punishment, like yeah. do Al Snow's laundry for a month. Yeah, that's just one example, but there was loads of it that went on. Like, it's just mad. Imagine the Undertaker being a, a judge, <laughs> <laughs> just wearing it like wearing like the cape and like, the hat and stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> the wig. I mean, I think you mentioned it slightly on the last ride documentary, didn't he? About that whole kind of thing. Like he had it as a tattoo, didn't he? His um, I can't yeah. remember now. Um, his big group. Um, because BS yeah, BSK yeah. or something, didn't he? Uh, I just get BSK. I got Broken Skull Ranch in my head, but it's definitely not that. <laughs> um, but even watching them, it just makes me like, well, I could do this. Why? I mean, I'm quite a likable person. I can talk a little bit, so. Why can't I go and do a podcast about 
stuff, I mean. Yeah. It's like when we're in Stone Cold's podcast and it's just like, yeah. why not? I want to do a podcast. <laughs> but, do you know what's actually mental, right? Is I've been doing it for about, it's been on online for about four, four and a half weeks. Yeah. This Anchor app, it tells you how many people have listened, where they've listened, uh, whether they're male, female, yeah. uh, etc. So there's listeners in the UK, so England, Ireland, America, and even Germany. Yeah. People have listened to my voice in Germany. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's like I said, you've got all the analytics on there. And like, like you said, it tells you, I, I'm on Simplecast. Because again, I, had, I was looking through it all. I think I looked at Anchor at one point, but I didn't go for it for some reason. I don't know why. But um, there's all different ones. I was like, I'm just going to go yeah. for Simplecast. It, it sounds good. The best thing about Simplecast was you can create more than one like channel. So you can have unlimited channels and unlimited episodes, any unlimited length uploads a month. So you can just upload as much as you want, whenever you want. So I was like, that's yeah. for me. Like, cause I did this, I've got so many movie ideas I want to do as well. And again, if I ever did a wrestling one as well, not coming onto your turf here or anything, but you know, <laughs> never did anything like that. Um, then I have that option because I can just create different shows. So it's not under the conversations with Umbrella. Yeah. Different stuff, but um, that's why I went for it. It has the analytics, and it's like United Kingdom, United States, Canada, France. I'm like, what? <laughs> How have people listened? And it, it tells you like what websites they've listened to. So it's like Spotify, yeah. Podcast Deezer, ListenNotes.com. What's ListenNotes.com? I have no idea what that is. One person's listened to on that. <laughs> I had one uh, breaker. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. I'm not had a breaker. No, apparently it's quite big, and then I always get quite actually. I mean, I'm not big in the podcast world, obviously, but it's like I always put listen now on all formats, and then I just go Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's it. That's like they're the only ones that matter, really. Like, that's what uh, your main audience is going to be. But then there's Deezer, Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> what all the podcasters do, they go, um, what, What's the ending tag to say? You can find us in anywhere that you get your podcast from. Yeah, literally. But um, so, as well, obviously, this is only a hobby for now. Obviously, I would love to get paid for it, but you actually get paid in a quite a good job at the moment anyway. So, how did Dirty Blondes come about? Um, so, the the owner, Jake, he was a rep for a an alcohol company. But it was Bacardi, never mind. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna... <laughs> um, and he worked at Las Iguanas in Blackpool, just helping them out. Um, I'm not entirely sure what his role was, but yeah, he was helping the bar out with Bacardi products and stuff. And he knew my fiance Molly. And then yeah. when he got the, when he got Dirty Blondes, he said to Molly, come over, I've got this really good job, you'd be perfect for it. She said, yeah, absolutely. Because Jake is, is really good at like, what he does. Like he knows his stuff, yeah. and uh, I believe Jake asked for me as well. Uh, so it's nice to be wanted, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> admit it, he did. Yeah. So nice over. I mean, we was there right from the start. Like we was in work. I did work on my birthday in November, getting it open, ready for the sixth of December, I think. And at first, it was, it was a bit slow, but then like it started to take off. 
it's the word of mouth, isn't it? Like you see somebody's like, oh, have yeah. you heard this new bar? And it's like, why take me down a dark alley? What are you doing down <laughs> And all of a sudden it's just there. And we, we were doing really well. And then COVID, the C word. Yeah. I doing deliveries for pizza. And that, I mean, that, that was hot. Like people loved it. And it kind of reached a whole new audience and, you know, a whole new, you know, new customers. And then we came back from COVID and it's just mad how it's just exploded. The amount of people that want to eat out and drink, like we get, it's just, it's crazy how busy it's got. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately I will, uh, we won't talk about delivery because it's only within three miles and I was 3.2 miles away. So we won't, we won't, we won't talk about that. So. <laughs> This happened. Someone uh, rang up and said, oh, I live in St. Anne's, and the catch point was Stargate. Yeah. So, the, <laughs> so Dirty Blondes met the customer in the air. <laughs> really? That's amazing. Yeah. But, uh, I was like 3.2. I think it was a quiet night once, and I messaged Chris uh, Hodkins. He was driving at yeah. the time. And I was like, Can you not like just come like an extra bit further? He's like, Oh, yeah, tonight we will. I was like, well, I've already eaten tonight. I'm just talking about it on a general <laughs> day. I'm like, any other day would have been fine, but I already eaten at that point. Um, I think you should have met them in a dodgy car park, you know, and have, like, <laughs> open the uh, the back of the uh, car, you know, like on uh, Pulp Fiction. You got the goods. It? You got the goods. Just like yeah. slowly, just <laughs> put the cash over, like that. <laughs> just slide into them. There's, there's a little bit for yourself as well. It's good. <laughs> good um, I don't drive, so otherwise, I'd happily just drive and just collect or anything like yeah. that the pizza is incredible like we went for the super bowl and we had the, obviously i've been a few times before and i think when we first met was probably willie meagles nxt thing wasn't it like mm. me and chris hodkin went in at that time and we came in at that point um that was quite early because it wasn't that busy back in december mm, I think no it was and then all of a sudden like i said it got busier and busier super bowl and it super bowl was crazy like, it was so good. Yeah. And those wings. And obviously, you expanded the menu from that point as well. So you had all the chicken wings and the chicken. And mm. it was just amazing. Like, the interior, we had all the NFL jerseys and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, hopefully, I mean, you've got an audience there. So, I know you messaged me saying week one's going to be on there. Uh, are you doing any more for NFL? I don't know. The so audience is there. But. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, so, guy is is a customer of ours. He comes in quite a lot. He asked if he could watch the, you know, the, the first NFL game um, at Dirty Blondes. So we just we we plugged it into the TV and he watched it. Um, but I think there definitely would be like because it's on every Sunday, is it? Oh yeah, like uh, I, I, you may have seen on Facebook. Like, I have a proper setup. I always say to my girlfriend, like Sunday happens. I have a second TV. It goes downstairs. It stays downstairs. I'll have the NFL game on this screen and Red Zone on that screen. And I have two screens all Sunday, six hours straight of just football. And it's beautiful. Because yeah. it's on yeah. from 6pm all the way till 4am. But obviously, right. you know, I've got work Monday morning, so I can't stay up. Unless my team's That's playing. But... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm prepared for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's longer. The NFL from 6pm till 4am or WrestleMania. I mean, the last WrestleMania was a ridiculous amount of length, yeah. wasn't it? So. Mad, weren't it? Too big for one night, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with Dirty Blondes, um, 
the one thing that I mentioned this to uh, Matt Davenport, who I'm sure we'll go on to a little bit later as well. Um, just the Instagram. I mean, it just seems like he doesn't give a shit. It's, it's amazing. Well, <laughs> it just basically just goes, don't be a dick. <laughs> it's like... So we want to be unique and, yeah. you know, no disrespect to any other restaurant like, you know, Frankie's and Benny's or whatever, you know. Um, we just, you know what I mean? We want to be just honest. And if people are being a dick, we say, listen, you're being a dick, sit down. And people absolutely love the fact that we just tell them straight. Like, it's kind of our gimmick, if you will. And it's nice just to be honest with people and just say, shut up. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you've got a dick list as well, haven't you? Like, um... We have, yeah. You've got the, the glass smashes and then like a dick list as well. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if, you're, if you've just been a dick, you're going to go on the list. Um, three, three strikes and you're out forever. Yeah, for, out forever. Jesus. <laughs> well, that, but I'm sure someone's got at least four. <laughs> a lovable character who's just, just a bit of a dick sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how's it gone? Because... Obviously, you said it's got so busy now, you're actually doing bookings online, and it's always been that. Every time I look, it's just, like, busy, like, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. Yeah. Oh, we've got space available for these two hours. Book now, and it's like, go to book, it's sold out. It's like... It's just mad, like, if anybody does want to come to Dirty Blondes, I'd recommend booking, just because it's... It's just ridiculous, like, I think a few weeks ago, we sold... We was fully booked, like, for the next weekend after, yeah. you know, so... But yeah, it's social media. Like it's so powerful. Social media, people post on Instagram or pictures, and that gets that gets retweeted or you know reposted, and yeah. it's just mad how many people see it. Yeah, and again, I mean, this wouldn't happen if obviously I'm gonna plug it now. Like the staff aren't great, and the food isn't great, and Pedro's balls, which I haven't had yet, you know, are great, which I see all the time. So, I mean. It's quality, the place. It's so unique to Blackpool as well. The food's good, the drink's good, the staff are good. It's a great environment. So obviously, if it didn't have all of that, the social media wouldn't work as much. But yeah. it's just capitalising come at such a, a perfect time for Blackpool as well. Um, so you had Dirty Blondes, and you also unfortunately did about one or two of the comedy nights as well, and then the NFL Super Bowl. Do you have any plans for any further activities like that because uh, it's such a unique yeah. place you can have so many different events in there yeah we want to get bands back on but yeah. it's not for me to say when i don't know when we're having bands back on, but hopefully yeah. soon that's up to uh, molly and jake and you know the management team to do that um we did do a slam night so let me take you back so we had catlo who's uh, a fantastic singer and you know she does an open mic night but for musicians so I said to Matt, let's do a slam night, an open mic night for anything. Anything goes. Yeah. So we did. It was, it was so good. We had um, a comedian, a poet, you know, we had all these different acts. And my vision was to have an open mic night, a uh, uh, slam night, where just somebody rocks up with a tuba or somebody does magic or like gymnastics. Or, you know, something just dead random. Yeah. Like if you have a talent... There's no way you can really practice it or kind of get out there because all open mic nights are just for musicians. Yeah. So we did one of them. So I want to do some more of them and just get some 
the, someone on a kazoo or something. Just something dead obscure. Don't start about the kazoo. Like, I, I literally, it's my dream. I absolutely <laughs> adore the kazoo. My dream is to have a four-man a cappella, like I say a cappella, and just like a kazoo band called the Kazoods. Yeah. How, how great is that? Like, I loved, I, I bought a box of 10 kazoos, metal-plated kazoos. <laughs> and I do a family quiz, because everybody did family quizzes during lockdown and stuff like that. And my music crown was just me playing the kazoo, guessing the song. <laughs> <laughs> so. Underrated instruments, I think. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, how many people can, I mean, I'm not a great instrument. I, I've got a keyboard and a guitar, I can't play them. So, kazoo, all you have to do is, it's like, done. It's amazing. So, if, if you're looking for kazoos, I'll, I'll happily just jump on and just do a few on the kazoo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you did the family quiz, what songs did you play on the kazoo? A bit of everything. I think the one that I, I've done two different ones. So, I did like a film and TV kazoo. And then I also, like, so it was obviously films like Mission Impossible, Star Wars. Um, yeah, imagine there's that much of a library for kazoo theme songs, apart from like Jaws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I like um, challenging myself on the kazoo, just trying to do <laughs> a little bit of something. Um, I think I've still got some recorded on my phone because I did one of them. It was like a special round where you had to guess the link between them all. I think they all had like four members or something. So I did, I did a Who song. I did a Haim song. I did... I can't even remember four. Um, Blur. I did a Blur song. <laughs> you do a, a theme song for your podcast. It should be on the kazoo. Well, this this is exactly what I was saying um, on my. Um, if you've listened to the the greatest movies ever, um, every time like one of my favorite TV shows ever, This Is Us. And every time I mention This Is Us, my mate Aaron just starts playing the theme tunes. I was like, is that going to be that? Or I'm just going to have to randomly just do something on the kazoo. Because that's yeah. the only thing I'm missing. I, I just need like a good like tune. I only listen to two other podcasts, obviously, besides, I say professional podcasts. I only listen yeah. to two. Um, I listen to Michael Rosenbaum, um, who was in Smallville, and yeah. Talk is Jericho. And I love his, I love his theme. It's just, talk is Jericho, baby. It's just, it's just yeah. so easy. It's like, why can't I have something like that? But it's quite good. It's like his music and it's just like him, like his like proper, you know, distinctive voice. Yeah. Don't go, Steve Austin. Yeah. I think I've only, I've never actually listened to it. I've only watched them on the network then once. That's probably why I haven't really noticed the theme. Yeah. But, um, um, Taz does a really good one as well. Yeah, so do you listen to quite a few podcasts then for wrestlers? Like, um, yeah. For them or? Yeah, I mean, I, I listen to quite a few, but then, like, I kind of forget where I'm up to because I listen to about six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and obviously, uh, John tells me about an episode of, of a podcast that is just really good or features someone. Um, so, like, Song Code gets wrestlers that. Um, don't really do interviews or wouldn't because it's what Austin does. So you've got interviews, um, you might see on the network with The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, Mark Henry, Mark Henry, you know. I haven't seen the Mark Henry one. That's the most recent one, isn't it? I've seen like the Big yeah. Show one and the Kane one yeah. and The Undertaker one, but. And yeah. it's funny because, like, as opposed to like a booker, um, you know, or whoever, like, 
because it's Steve Austin, they open up to him so much and he gets so much out of him. Yeah. And like, there's so many good stories in that wrestling bubble. Yeah, I think the only thing that I have with Stone Cold, it's obviously, it's still kind of WWE under the umbrella. So they can't really say certain things. I think that's why everybody just blew up when they started talking about TNA on AJ Styles. And it was like, oh, yeah. talking about TNA, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. His actual podcast, um, he's got isn't like, he's got sponsors from like bear companies, and he, it's you know there's no hold, holding back. Yeah, I think I need to probably listen to them more because, like I said, it's not going to be under the influence of the WWE. Whereas I think kind of like Jericho, I follow him on on Facebook, and he just posts about WWE, AEW. You don't care, like he just does what well, he wants. Jericho, who's done to uh, AEW? Spoilers. No, yeah, I know. I watched it today, <laughs> but I saw it last week. Yeah, yeah, Myro. Anyway, so he's gone, and yeah. uh, he had a pot at, uh, at you know Vince McMahon and you know the company. But apparently, it was Jericho that said, "Oi, go on, it's... say what you want." Mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's, that's that's what I love. I think I think for me now, AEW has taken over. I paid for All Out. I don't pay for pay per views anymore. I think we've gotten used to the network. Like we pay ten ten pounds a month, whatever. So it just goes out your bank account. You don't really see it. But um, the nine ninety nine, uh, I think I paid nine ninety nine dollars. So I think it's like seven pounds. I paid from day one in the US in February. Yeah. So I paid nine ninety nine dollars. So it only comes like eight pounds something. But yeah, I actually paid like the fourteen ninety nine for the AEW all out because I think AEW for me is completely like change dresser i absolutely adore. i love orange cassidy and i love yeah. jericho and that was like my feud of the year like i was i couldn't wait for that mimosa match yeah AEW, like everything that wrestling like well vince mcmahon doesn't want to be like like because um, um wwe has turned into like sort of like pg era that kind of family you know, when AEW, like if you see some of the bumps that matt hardy takes well, last when he, week, when he cracked his head open and he continued well, with the match, he got his head thrown at him. That yeah. was just... yeah, but uh, I think AEW is kind of reminding me of the old school like attitude era to a degree because, yeah. I mean, the blading and stuff like that, aren't they? Like, obviously, yeah. there's a lot more blood. Whereas I love the analogy of what they used to say about jo what CM Punk said about John Cena is what I feel about WWE. It's like basically they're like the New York Yankees and nobody likes the New York Yankees because they're the dynasty uh, and no longer yeah. the underdog. Whereas AEW, I mean, they've smashed NXT every week in the ratings and they're, NXT are now going to move to Tuesday nights because they don't want to be beaten anymore. <laughs> so, but I, I absolutely adore AEW. It's the one I definitely watch. I'll fast forward Raw on SmackDown. But I watch AEW in full. But I wonder, because like, this has happened a few times with like ECW and all that kind of stuff, where they've been battling, you know, the big the big companies, and then WWE has just bought them out or like kind of just took over their yeah. territory. I just wonder, like, how far AEW are gonna go? I think this one they've got. I mean, obviously WCW had Ted Turner. But Tony Khan, I mean, he owns Fulham Football Club. He owns the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. And he owns AEW. 
Yeah. He's a rich guy. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to have any problem unless it starts really leaking money and it loses complete audience. But that's one of the things that AEW have always had. They don't have writers. The, yeah. the wrestlers are the writers. So, Which is what was so good about wrestling back in the yeah. day. Like, look at The Rock's promos. Nobody you posted can... up today, didn't you, about The Rock? Yeah. <laughs> you fun wearing fatty. I love that. It's <laughs> so good on the mic, isn't he? Yeah, I think one of my favourite promos of all time is the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. And he's just talking about... I'm pretty sure it is that promo, to be honest. <laughs> With but, the impression. Uh, yeah. I did it for The Rock. <laughs> I did it for the people. <laughs> and I just talked about Kurt Angle. like, I'm going to drink a glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think The Rock's promos is, has just been incredible. If you think watching wrestling led you to, like, watching The Rock to comedy, or what? how did you get into comedy? Because obviously you, you're half of Small and yeah. Shouty, so... Um, I don't know, it's a difficult question, really, because... Um, People just say, oh, you're quite funny, just go up on stage and just tell some jokes. <laughs> When I was at uni, I did performing arts, of course. And then in the third year, like you pick your modules, so you could you could um, they call it like a, what do they call it now? Um, oh, I can't remember the term they use, but basically, if you wanted to uh, to do a show, oh, no, it was original season. That's what they called it, original season. So if you wanted to put on a show, you would have to find a director. So some student who wanted to be uh, marked in directing, find someone that wanted to be marked in lighting, find some actors, and you'd literally all come together yeah. and be in each of a show. And it was such a good way of doing it. It was fantastic. Uh, that's the yeah. University of Umbria, if anyone's interested. Um, so I wanted to do comedy. I thought, I just want to give it a go. Because everybody was kind of doing these, like, you know, Bertolt Brecht plays and, like, you know, Trying to be different. Yeah. I was like, let's just do comedy. It's different. I'm going to write a few jokes. I got um, some lighting engineers and um, I got a warm up act, which was three lads singing. They were, they were really good. The tailor maids. Yeah. And um, so I wrote some jokes about being ginger and tested it, you know, around Carlisle. Got a few laughs. And then when I did the comedy, the actual, my comedy show, which was called Smile. It was about just having a heart condition, having a pacemaker, being ginger, just stuff that I know about that I thought yeah. I thought was funny at least. And then it turns out other people did. So then after that, I kind of started gigging around Carlisle, went a bit further, like went to Redcar and uh, I went around Manchester. And then it just, yeah, I just haven't really stopped really. So obviously you were born in Blackpool, that's why obviously you are back, back here now. Like you, you know, just... No, because you said you went to Moor Park, didn't you? So yeah, yeah. So I was born in I think I was born in Burnley. Grew up in Baycup, which if you don't know Baycup, there's like nothing there. No, I mean the only thing it's in famous for, if you will, is um, there's a um, a couple that were beaten. You know the um, the Mosher couple. Okay. Uh, Sophie Lancaster, she got got beaten because she was different. Yeah. She sadly died, and that's what it was. That's what it was like in Bake Up. If you were different, like it was just, it was just a bad town. So my mum moved us to Blackpool, where it was meant to be safer. And where Blackpool for sure, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I came to Blackpool when I was about, uh, well, I came in what two thousand, 
yeah. Um, but um, so you did comedy from university and performing arts. Yeah. It just works out. So you go to performing arts and you go to do stand-up comedy. I did performing arts in high school and college. So I know what you talk about when you talk about like Brechtian work and mm. Pripyat. And, you know, I had to do a whole performance of Pripyat and all like yeah. movement theatre and Stanislavski and stuff like that. So, so when you go from that to like stand-up comedy and um, it's just strange. So you, you did that and you, you had a pub, didn't you? If, if, I'm, if I'm correct, you had a pub in Blackpool and you used to put on comedy nights there. That's how, is that how Small and Shouty came about or? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so you have a yeah. sense of New So I worked at um, uh, a, well, a bar pub in St Anne's and it was yeah. a really, really posh like, restaurant bar. And it was, you know, it was all brand new and sparkly. So we put on this, so let's do a comedy night, see if St Anne's have it, you know, because I didn't know what the crowd was like at St Anne's. Yeah. We put it on, we named it Swan and Shout, we came up with this name, and we got like regular audience members like every week, and we built such a good crowd. But unfortunately, Nouveau just didn't really last. I think it was because the building was huge, it was a big restaurant. If you ever went to Nouveau, it used to be a uh, toast opposite Weatherspoons in St. Anne's. Okay, I remember yeah. toast in the town centre, but I, I don't really yeah. go to St. Anne's area. It was, it was just a big venue, and I think. To know, whatever for whatever reason it didn't work out and they shut. And it was fire pit. Yeah. But I think me and Matt are going to speak to a few places around it and because we had such a good crowd. Because um, yeah. I always saw it on um, Facebook. Like I said the small shouty club at where was its residence home? I can't remember the name of it now. What was the name of the pub? What in Blackpool? No, in St. Anne's, it used, to, it used to be somewhere else before you did Dirty Blondes, and it was there for quite a while. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm sure Matt mentioned it. Did, right, so basically for, you used to do it in two pubs. Yeah. You used to do like a Wednesday night and a Thursday night or something, if I can remember correctly. Oh, I, about Jameson's. Jameson's, that's the yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Jameson's was uh, the same owners as Muvo, but it was in Polton. In Polton, okay. Yeah. <laughs> couple, I, I'm, I'm crap with geography. I gotta say, did that? Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> I don't. It was a, that was it. Was such a cool venue, like a proper speakeasy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it just didn't really that didn't really take off for whatever reasons mm. uh, they go into. But like, yeah, um, we had good. We had a good, you know, some good gigs there. We had some big names as well, and we even went. Uh, to the Clarence as well. Um, the Clarence was that, that was a good gig we did there. Yeah. So with Small and Shouty, how did it come about? Because it's just weird, like saying you're you're kind of like half of a a comedy troupe to a degree, aren't you? Like a comedy organisation. Yeah. So you came up with the idea and went to Matt. I was like, let's do this. Like, yeah. Cause Matt had gigging a fair few years more than me, and he was the only really comedian that actually you know, new in Blackpool, really. Yeah. Um, so I said to him, look, I know we've gigged together, got this, uh, Nouveau, we want, to, we want to do a comedy gig. Do you want to give me a hand with it? And, um, yeah, it kind of started from there, really. So which one's small, which one's shouty? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm small, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> It just like I said, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? So it's just small and shouty. 
So you had all of that and it's gone to Dirty Blondes down that first slam night. That's the one I went to. And because yeah. one of my friends was one of the comedians and I knew the poet as well from high school, from he, primary he, school. Good. I love Ant. I'm yeah, having him on the podcast at some point. Um, he's going to be coming on soon. But no, like, I, I love it. I think like, it's so different. Like I, I said this to Matt as well. I was like, what was your first thoughts when you were like, can I read some poetry? <laughs> and what were you like? What? Because <laughs> like, I just want, I just want, I'm weird. I want just weird. I love Britain's Got Talent, right? But I don't yeah. love the people. There's a guy years ago and... Um, it was called, uh, I can't remember, was it Steve? And basically he was uh, a lumberjack. And he got to the semi-final by chopping wood and singing, chopping wood, chopping wood. It was bizarre. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Now, I know what you mean. Like I said, the, the, I don't watch it anymore because it's just, it's just gone completely out of control now. I think what's been going like 20 years now, Britain's got that next fat to took. Yeah, I just love all the bad ones. Like, I still watch yeah. some of some of them now. Like one of my favorite ones, just a guy just comes on stage, just goes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just weird, just weird acts. Like there was um a guy, um it was it was about sixty years old, and he had a suit on, big glasses, and he was very posh, very polite. And then he stripped off, and he was in like dance gear and he was dancing to all these like 80s songs <laughs> just amazing what a, what a beautiful guy yeah so you've done quite a few gigs with all different comedians so what's been the like the strangest like you're like quite straight do you do you go out there and look for strange people like please come and do my show <laughs> uh, it's, it's mainly comedians and poets you don't really imagine having a juggler on there but yeah <laughs> but uh, um I mean, I've had some strange gigs. Like, I remember doing one at the Pump and Junction, and uh, it was it, I got it messaged me about a month beforehand. Said I've advertised it loads, should be good. And then the day went down, it was raining, like it was awful, proper torrential rain. Yeah. And I thought he's going to come out in this, so I went to the gig, and there was four men. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, four men. One had a dog. And I was like, oh, this is, this is awkward, isn't it? And then we just, um, we all told a joke each and we were just telling jokes to each other. Um, I don't know if you can call that a gig, but that's, that was, that was a weird one. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, as like I said, there's so many, I think that's what makes a comedian anyway. You've got to have the bad moments to obviously make yourself stronger for the better moments to really be like, mm. I mean, every, every comedian, will be lying if they said they've never bombed before, right? I mean, yeah. people have bombed, oh, God, I'm just been. Uh, and I just got, Ginger, Ron Weasley, and all this, and I was like, brilliant. And I tried to like, you know, carry on, but it was like, wait, Ginger, I, every Ginger insult, which I've heard a million times. Um, and it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't get a, wor a word in, so I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing I know because it's just such an easy thing if you make fun of it then it's one of those um, do you have any I, I'll go into that in a minute but um, with the comedians I watch who's, who was it now I can't remember who it was now but basically this comedian just basically says that they're just going to basically make fun of themselves so basically you guys don't have to so you're allowing them to make fun of yourself which kind of seems weird because 
gingers don't have souls. So yeah. <laughs> it's like... Wait, what I do is, I kind of, my opening line is, people go, oh, he can laugh at himself. And then I do my comedy. So for years, I always, um, I wore like a, a, I wore like a hideous shirt. And I'd come on and go, um, I know what you're thinking. No, I'm not the Shermanator. <laughs> Terrible joke. It's not even bloody funny. But people go, yeah, 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 he's making fun of himself. And people love it. And then I can go on and do my stuff. Like, yeah. you just have to, like, even, um, as, like, because people say to me, oh, you're like Ed Sheeran, you're like the Shermanator, you're like Ron Weasley. These people do look nothing alike each other. Like, I look nothing like Ed Sheeran. It's just because I've got ginger hair. Um, but it's madness. So I just make some kind of ginger insult about myself and then I carry on with what I've got. You've got the crowd heated up. That's actually a warm-up. Everyone's just like, yes! It's like, <laughs> I kind of remember, it's just basically like, it's just, it's, um, have you heard of Bo Burnham? Bo Burnham, I don't think he's so. A, he's a musical comic and literally, he just basically, one of, the, one of the jokes that he has in his, one of his songs is basically, if you're a Chinese comic, just uh, basically, um, I'm completely butchering it now because I can't, I can't remember it fully. Um, just say my mum's got the weirdest fucking accent and then just do a Chinese accent because everybody laughs at the Chinese accent. Because uh, everybody laughs at the Chinese accent. Um, and now you've given them a reason to laugh in public. Yeah. Of thing. So it's, I mean, I completely butchered that completely, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's in a song, but um, I love Bob Burnham. He's one of my favourite comedians, Bob Burnham. Um, oh, bloody well, you're making me forget now. What's the um, the ginger uh, music comedian? What's he bloody called now? Tim Minchin. That's the one. That's, that's only because I was listening to Matilda the musical the other day and I had to research. I was like, what's his name? That Australian ginger comic. Just <laughs> doesn't he? A song. Yes. Um, which is quite good. Well, I said sometimes you just got to do that self-deprecation to, like, said, loosen up the audience and laugh yeah. at you. It's, I think it's. Like the things people say to you when you got ginger hair. Like one of my one of my favourite ones is um, a car, I was at the traffic lights. I was waiting for it to go green, and then a car slowly pulled up to the lights, and the song was blasting. It was Johnny Cash, "Great Balls of Fire," and as it got to the chorus, a girl went out the window and pointed to my crotch, <laughs> miming "Great Balls of Fire." Wow. I just thought, <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, I'm like, that's quite original. It's better than you know. Ed Sheeran, it's, you know, but it was, it was a weird one. It's weird because obviously I don't, I say I am kind of ginger, like, I, you know, like, I count myself more as dirty blonde, but dirty blonde, there you go, hey. But, <laughs> but um, I get Prince Harry and Ed Sheeran all the time. It's like, Prince Harry, it's like, all right. I mean, I'll take it, it's a prince, but you know. <laughs> how, can you, how can you look like Prince Harry and Ed Sheeran? They don't look anything alike. No. It's, it's, like, it's just mad, isn't it? I mean, it's gingerism. It's it is ginger. <laughs> like medieval time, um, they thought gingers were like, you know, devils, whatever. So you should push them off, push them off a cliff. Yeah, it's mental. <laughs> <laughs> but um, going slightly back to Turnbuckle Talk podcast, I know you probably mentioned it in your podcast at a point, but do you have a favourite wrestler of all time? Do you know what? That's such a hard question because it just differs so much. Yeah. I mean, I love so many wrestlers for so many different reasons. The Rock is like the ultimate package. He can sing, he can 
It can act. It can wrestle. It's got on the mic. Living but, in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I mean, one of my favorite wrestlers. It's, but I don't know. I really like Chris Jericho, even before like, AEW and stuff like. He had really good feuds, you know, with Ric Flair, HBK. He was good on the microphone. He was funny. As a wrestler, like, he just gave 110%. Like, him and, um, like, Kurt Angle and uh, well, Chris Benoit. There, I know you're not meant to say his name, but his matches were just so, so good. I'm not, I'm not, like, registered in WWE, so we're okay. We're not <laughs> trademarked, so we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, their matches together, because they were very similar in wrestling, you know, skills, it was so good. Yeah. So are you more of a fan of the, the old style wrestling of like mat wrestling or is it, are you more of a high flying kicks? Oh, I'm As definitely. Say, high flying like, kicks. Yeah. Um, do you remember Neville? He was in NXT. Pac in AEW. Yeah. I know Pac in AEW. Oh, God, I love him. So, why didn't he get a push? I mean, he, he got a big push in AEW for a little bit and then I think because of COVID, he's, I don't think he's done much but I mean speaking of high flyers Matt Seidel did you see him yeah. on AEW yeah on his that, debut yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes in so like, yeah let's do this kick somebody gets on the top rope just slips <laughs> it was so good as well I was like I was like whoa that looked amazing and then he slipped but then I love yeah, I was like, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's X, you know, X amount of degrees, you know, it's because it's all hot and sweaty. <laughs> but um, I think Evan Bourne's got one of my favourite moments in wrestling anyway. It's the second best RKO in history. Uh, Randy Orton's always one of my favourite wrestlers. So, I mean, out of, like, RKO is probably the greatest move ever. Because, like I said, it's out of nowhere. And there's <laughs> so many memes and... Um, so many quality moments come from the RKO. The best RKO, obviously, being Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That moment, I, when he tries to do the curb stomp and he's frozen. Like that yeah, moment, that's like, my favourite RKO ever. I watched that and I was like, I'm rewinding WrestleMania, I don't care. I am watching that. And as soon as it came on Twitter, I was like, like retweet. I watched it about 10 times. I was like, yeah, oh my God, this is like the best moment in like I've ever seen, ever. <laughs> didn't see it coming I was, and I seen that I was like oh my god <laughs> yeah like, literally not, wrestling doesn't make me do that a lot anymore like to go yeah. um, but I think my favourite wrestler of all time is Shawn Michaels he's the greatest of all time but then it's Randy Orton but everyone's like oh Randy Orton it's like yeah I mean he's been there for like 20 years you forget he's how consistent he's an incredible yeah. wrestler Grant, he's not amazing on the mic but his Evolution from uh, evolution, <laughs> from um, from evolution to the legend killer, to the viper, to just his arc of a character is just amazing. You forget how long he's been for, and I'm not saying I'm not comparing him to to, to the Undertaker, but like the Undertaker, he just redevelops himself, and he keeps himself current, and yeah, he's a badass. I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Have you ever seen the the video wrestling isn't wrestling? Wrestling isn't wrestling. I don't know. I'll send it to you after this if you haven't. It's just 22 minutes of a guy just saying, wrestling isn't wrestling. And this is the, the most truest thing you'll ever, ever hear. And he basically says, wrestling has more in common with Game of Thrones than UFC. There's, there's wizards. There's dancing cheerleaders. There's a dead man. It's like, literally, it's a show about putting on the TV show. 
that's what wrestling is. You go to watch Raw, they are putting on a TV show for you. It's not yeah. real. They don't pretend to be real. And literally, well, it's incredible. I, I get so defensive about wrestling because people say, oh, it's, it's fake, it's all this stuff. Like, and they say it like I don't know. Of course I <laughs> Like, But the thing is, the bumps they take like on the actual mat, it's like, if you... When you fall on the ground, because if you bang your head on that mat, you can be concussed or knocked out. And you know what I mean? The moves they do, like, it's so, so athletic what they do. Yeah. My big count is like, you know, it's fake. I'm like, yeah, so it's Game of Thrones. You're still going to watch Game of Thrones, though, aren't you? <laughs> it... I like the word predetermined. I don't, I don't like word can we stop saying that please i'd rather just say that. <laughs> i never said fake um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's a show about a tv show and i think that's a perfect way to describe wrestling um, and say raw or smackdown they're putting on a tv show for your entertainment just like mm. hbo do with game of thrones just like showtime does with like dexter or ray donovan or but, friends if you think about the storylines in like 90s, early 2000s, like one that we spoke about in SummerSlam was um, when Stephanie McMahon was becoming a woman and she kind of, you know, grew into herself, shall we say. Kurt Angle found himself attracted to Stephanie McMahon and there was this like love triangle between Triple H, Stephanie and Kurt Angle. And now, as I'm saying, it sounds pathetic, but on video, like when it was, you know, on TV, it was actually so good. There's so many yeah. elements of it. And you're literally like, you tune in every week to find out what happened. Yeah. And I think because he took so much, I don't know if they had writers from the soap operas back then, but I know they, they definitely look for writers that have got a certain amount of TV experience now because I look on the WWE Careers website, there's writing jobs going on there. I'm like, I'm a screenwriter, I've got a degree, let me in. But, you know, it's like five minimum years of TV writing. It's like, cheers. WWE. Oh, <laughs> I'd be like, right, no. Stop. We need to go back <laughs> basics. Yeah. So apparently, um, PG era anymore. It's gone to PG thirteen, which is twelve A in England. It's just basically going back to the um, the ruthless aggression era to a degree, hasn't it? So if it's going yeah. up and back, and hopefully attitude era will come again. But I don't know. I think with the audiences that they have nowadays, I'm going to go completely political now. Uh, there's so many people of snowflakes, shall we say. Uh, if you say the wrong thing, they'll just Honestly, like cancel WWE. <laughs> look at BGT. Diversity do, what I, in my opinion, a fantastic uh, performance about the news that's going on in the world. And I think they did it with such degree of respect and everything. You know, they just they did facts about what's happening in the world. Yeah. And the Ofcom had thousands of complaints yeah never mind bloody john cena returning choke slamming and do you know getting choke slammed and whatever else saying the fu yeah i mean yeah they had to change the stfu and the fu didn't they had to change all of those to the aa and stuff because again they had to make it safe for kids but if you go back to some of the storylines if they tried to do the katie vick storyline now (laughs) yeah I mean, that would never pass anything. They'll be like, no, never going to happen. And it's kind of similar because I know I'm not going to be complete sexist or anything. But, I mean, there's certain ways I think that we've accustomed to as, I'd say I'm 29 now, 
uh, somebody makes a joke and it's like, can you take the bottom and you go to top? I'll be like, oh, I love it when you're on top. I can't, I, if I say that now, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say stuff like that to a degree. And it's just, you can't say certain things that because all the women have the power. They could just basically say, yeah, he looked at me a weird way. And he'd be like, HR, but what? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm sure in bars you'd be okay, but you know. <laughs> but then, you know, it works other ways as well. There's, there's women out there who are very sexist towards men. You know, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just a mad world. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't really give a shit. I, I, I'm, I try and just say how, how I would say stuff. And if you get offended, like, you get offended, like... <laughs> But yeah, but that's the thing with uh, WWE. There were so many storylines in the nineties. I talked about Katie Vick, and I mean there was stuff where Vince McMahon was almost nearly wanted to sleep with Stephanie McMahon at one point. I'm pretty sure that was a cancelled storyline <laughs> at one point. Yeah. So basically, it was the whole thing, you know, with the Undertaker and the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah. And uh, basically, he was going to basically like sacrifice Stephanie McMahon and basically like wanted to sleep with her or some random stuff like yeah. that. I was like, why you're like the owner and you're coming up with these storylines well what matter look back at it is he was his wife was doing his nutting linda so he drugged her up and remember she was in that wheelchair for months and yeah. he was getting stratus yeah and the trish stratus yeah. stuff was great uh one again of my favorite promos of all time um if you've never seen it is when he took the piss out of the monday night football advert it was Vince McMahon, Trish Stratch, and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. It was like, what are you doing here? You 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 can't be here. I mean, this is Trish Stratus, like a white Canadian woman, and you. I don't know if you know this, but you are African American. <laughs> it's like the the sexual overtones, the racial overtones. <laughs> it's like, what? And this is all coming from Vince McMahon. Yeah, he. I think he's, he's getting too old now. It needs to go to Triple H or... Something. Well, he's starting to pass the, the torch over to Triple H. Yeah, eventually. But, I mean, like CM Punk said a very long time ago, joined his pipe bombs. I mean, you'd hope that the world would be a better place when he's gone, but his daughter and doofus son-in-law is going to take over the company. <laughs> so, I mean, he's done a great job with NXT, but I think NXT was, again, what AEW is now. Back, like when you think the first seasons, not the reality TV show, but with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Neville and Bill, that that was like. So I don't watch AW, I uh, don't watch uh, NXT now, so I can't comment. But back then, it was like this was the cool wrestling show. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I said, I I absolutely adore AW, and I I try and watch that every week. Whereas I fast forward. Oh, sometimes I just delete it straight from Sky, Raw, SmackDown, just read the results now because, I mean, I was in the Thunderdome. That was fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, for about half an hour, then it, cut, then it kicked me out. <laughs> it's weird because you're, never th- you're in, never in there for the full moment. They can say, uh, they can kick you out at any point, basically. Or yeah. you, you might only be on there for half an hour. You might be on there for two hours. But it just depends. So maybe I was just unlucky and I was out after half an hour. I was wearing my New Day top, had my New Day unicorn horn on. Maybe they thought that was provocative. Probably thought that was something else. They thought, yeah. 
let's just get rid of it before. It was Biggie. I had my booty old box. I was like, go, yeah, when Biggie was on, just so I made sure I could see myself. You know, if I keep doing that, maybe the camera will see me. So then I just got too excited and they were like, yeah, get this guy off. (laughs) But um, that was a unique experience. If you ever decide to do that, I wouldn't do it for Raw or SmackDown because I'm not staying up that late for Raw or SmackDown, but. Uh, for the pay-per-view, I'd definitely recommend it. It was, a, it was a little bit of fun, but you've got a producer in your ear just basically going, here comes Biggie, give it up for Biggie, let's really? hear him, woo! It's like literally just telling you when to cheer and boo and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's just like, wow. Um, but then they add all the sound in it, it just makes it look like you're cheering. I think they say yeah, that you um, put your voice in there, but I don't think they do listening to it. No, there's definitely uh, some guy pressing a button for like cheer, boo. Yeah. yeah. But then it obviously it looks like you're going, yeah, woo. And it's like, come on, show <laughs> some excitement. You're back in five, four, three, two. Come on, everybody. Yeah. The camera's on you guys. Give it up. It's, it's a weird experience, but I'd recommend doing it once just for, just for the actual experience of it all. But, that's where WWE is now, isn't it? It's just the mm. Thunderdome. Um, so we said before you had your favourite wrestlers. Do you have a favourite match of all time? Yeah, again, like, I mean, what do you go for? Do you go for, like, a Royal Rumble match? you go for a hardcore match? Um, I mean, the one that sticks out just immediately is the Undertaker of East Mankind at, um, at King of the yeah, was one of the first matches that I've seen where I was just like, holy shit. Like, what that kid, I was just like, he's dead. That's it. <laughs> he's dead. Um, the commentary is perfect as well, though. You have like, Mankind and The Rock, Royal Rumble 1999. Yeah, I quit match. Yeah, the I quit match, that's really good. I mean, there's just so many good matches out there, isn't there? Like, it's just... It's to pick one yeah i think when i used to get people to kind of get into wrestling i was like watch this 1998 king of the ring match and you tell me that this is fake and you tell me that this isn't real and you tell me how he learns to take bumps like that falling from 20 feet and you say wrestling isn't entertaining the bit where he gets off that stretch and just starts climbing back up and just falls through again an interview i was reading about an article so you know when terry funk comes into the ring yeah. You want to take a set to Terry Funk, see if he's alive, and then Terry Funk slides and goes to Mick Foley, and you can see Terry Funk holding his neck, trying to get a pulse. Yeah. And then Terry Funk goes back to the Undertaker, and he goes, he's, he's breathing. And then that's when the Undertaker choke slams Terry, Terry Funk. Funk. But in that match, just see, like, the Undertaker just says, Steve is alive. Yeah. But I mean, like... When he dropped on the cell as well, I'm pretty sure didn't Undertaker like break his foot at that point, or something happened to his foot. Yeah, when he dropped down, you can see he may have gone into the gone into the match with a broken foot, but I think he damaged it even more from that point. Yeah, but like for something that does, it just shows you not a lot happened in that match wrestling wise, but it's the story of it. And again, that's, that's what's important about wrestling. If you go on and tell a good story. It makes the match more memorable. I mean, if you fast forward to, you know, Dominic uh, Mysterio, Rey Mysterio's son, his first match against Seth Rollins, yeah. I, was a bit, I, was like, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go because I didn't think Dominic 
would be that much of a good wrestler. But his match against Seth Rollins, the actual storytelling and narrative throughout the match was so good. And Dominic is actually smashing it. He's actually really good. Yeah, I mean, you should expect it. Like, um, I think Rey Mysterio, as quite a short guy myself anyway, like 5'6", I always looked up to Rey Mysterio anyway. I think my, my PSN name has got 619 in it. So I'm not, I don't count myself as a massive Rey Mysterio fan, but, I mean, with Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero as your father, I mean, yeah. he should be pretty good Dominic, shouldn't he? So do you remember that when they used to fight over him? The, the yeah. Contract? <laughs> it's bizarre. Is that weird looking back at moments like that? Because um, I've recently watched all the old WrestleManias and like moments that I wanted to watch, and you just see Charlotte Flair there for like Ric Flair's retirement and stuff like that. And you just she looks completely different, and now she's like, "You've nearly won more titles than Ric Flair now." <laughs> it's ridiculous. She's won it like thirteen times, the women's title or something like that. It's ridiculous. But, um, I mean, granted, it's probably never going to be as 16 times as Ric Flair, but that's the one thing about Randy Orton to do. Uh, Randy Orton's on, like, 12 or 13, and I think John Cena deserves the accolade for everything that John Cena's done for that company. He deserves a 16 time. He is the 16 time world champ. But I yeah. think Randy Orton deserves to be up there in the six, like 15, 16 time. But I can't see anybody now... I don't know who is going to lead the company into the next future. Well, I mean, Drew McIntyre, and I'm hoping Keith Lee. Have you seen much about Keith Lee? I've seen some of the stuff, like I've seen his uh, matches with Randy Orton. He's really good, and I just hope moving to the main roster he doesn't get diminished in any way. Like yeah. some... Well, I remember there was... Um... I know it was definitely not this, but it made me laugh. I'm in a few wrestling groups on Facebook and you've recently trademarked the walrus, haven't you? And it was like, yeah. why have we got the walrus? And then somebody commented, oh God, I, I'm hoping this isn't for Keith Lee. It's like, because that's the kind of thing that they would do. They'll just randomly put, Yeah. luckily it was just a Paul Heyman, Ray White thing, wasn't it? But yeah. um, just, it, it's weird because I was reading an article about Rusev and Cesaro and it's like they wanted to get rid of the first names because they didn't want to be called Alex or Tony Vince but I was like now get rid of them you're going to be Rusev or Cesaro now and then it's gone into the whole thing now where everybody's got a nickname it's like everybody's known as if you think of most wrestlers they've got a weird nickname and it's just like why are you going on nicknames now it's it's just strange the way wrestling goes or Vince's mind changes from like, you can have one name and now you're going to have a nickname or like they always emphasise the big dog. Or, yeah. You know, like Michael Cole loves the big dog. Uh, but, you know, the big dog. I think it's that thing of like family and, you know, a family audience, the kids were like attached to the nickname. Yeah. But I think it's just one of those things. Um, I hope wrestling, like WWE, goes back to what it used to be. I mean, it is getting a lot better than what it was three, four years ago. I mean, some yeah, of the stuff they used to do was just like, why am I still watching wrestling? <laughs> but um, I think AEW's helped a little bit to obviously make it a little bit better. Um, yeah, I think it will help because I think maybe they got, maybe they got a bit like, 
what's the word, relaxed in their comfortable yeah. AW's come, they think, right, we best knock it up a you know, a notch or two. That's what I mean, because there's so many people going, like FTR, yeah. Rusev, mm-hmm. um, Matt Hardy. I mean Jeff Hardy's just recently re signed with WWE, so I know he's not going, but but um this they know there's somewhere out there now that can match the money and can match the TV time and more creativity. So, you know, you have to start pushing these wrestlers and giving them the time that they need, otherwise they're just gone. But certain people are just okay. I mean, Dolph Ziggler's threatened to quit about 17 times, but then just stays for the money. And it, I yeah. think he does stand up now as well, doesn't he? So, Yeah, I believe so. I've not seen it, but I mean, yeah. yeah. So with, with Anchor, because I, I haven't really done a lot of it, do you just, is it just audio? Anchor? Uh, yeah, I believe so. But I think if we're going to do like a big episode, have like a guest on or WrestleMania, I might look into doing YouTube, you know, or like a live stream. Um, yeah. That goes. Yeah. That, that's the thing as well, because I, I, I found this one and it's got live streams. Like, oh, live streaming would be great. Not live streaming interviews, but it's like $40 a month. I'm like, I'm not paying $40 a month to live stream a podcast, yeah. but it saves your video, it saves your audio, and it does a live stream as well. Like, I mean, mine's, I think Anchor's free, isn't it? So you don't really have to pay for yeah. it. But, um, but I think I'm going to do a live one soon. I'm debating it, but I don't know. Um, I think because my grand final... It needs to be a big, something big, you know? I don't know, you know. Well, that's what I mean, because my grand final of the greatest movies ever... Uh, we're talking about meeting up in person and doing it all then. And um, I'm debating doing that live, but I mean, we can go on for three or four hours. And I'm like, <laughs> but it was something with 50 people and go down to three. <laughs> you need like, special guests from like, um, you know, it's like a movie, you know, like it's not, you know, someone fairly big from like Star Trek or, you know, someone who can, uh, can interview. Yeah. I mean, I've, it's one of those things. I mean, if I reached out to people, maybe they'd respond. But you've got to build that audience first, don't you? You've got to build the um, the background. Yeah. I mean, uh, with yourself now, I think you'll be episode seven of the uh, conversations with, and my fourteenth episode altogether with the greatest mm-hmm. movies ever. So I'm building a library, and I think that's the most important part: is the content of getting content out there, getting the audience, and then you can then go for that point and be like do you want to come on my show? I mean, here's my library, here's my audience, come on me in a bit, and then hopefully you can start getting, I say, the bigger tier, like, mm. you know, the next tier actors and stuff like that, which would be great. I mean, I mean, I don't think I'm that good as a as a host to a podcaster, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It would be quite fun, but I just enjoy speaking to people. Um, like I said, this is the longest we've ever spoken before. Uh, I just enjoy speaking to people and listening to their stories because there's one thing I didn't know about yourself. You mentioned it earlier as well. You mentioned it in your um, your comedy as well that you you've got a heart. You've got is it a pacemaker? Did you say? Yeah, I was basically born with two chains in my heart instead of four to the yeah. oxygen with the blood. Um, so when I was when I was a kid, I was quite poorly, and then like 2000, I got a pacemaker. And back then, someone that young having a pacemaker was just unheard of. Yeah. Now kids make us all the time, which is good. But back then, it just wasn't wasn't a thing. So yeah. I was quite lucky. I said that's just crazy because there's so much 
like you said, you have. I say this as a derogative thing that you've got being ginger. You've got you've got the heart like pacemaker thing as well. There's so much stuff you can talk about, and when you're comedy, like you said, you're just talking about stuff that you know and who you are as a person. Yeah. Is, do you get any other influence when you write jokes? Like, how, how, what's your process of writing jokes? You just got just look well, in the mirror and be like, "What can I say about me today?" <laughs> basically, I think what do I think is funny that's happened to me? Like a story that's happened. Yeah. And then I build upon that and uh, add in a bit more, you know, embellish it, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I just tell stuff I think it's funny, but I think it's because, because it's a, a kind of a more of a, they can relate to it. It's a, like a true story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I guess it makes it more funny, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I follow quite a few um, comedians. Like I said, my two favourite comedians of all time, Bo Burnham and Anthony Jeselnik, if you've ever heard of any of them. But um, Anthony Jeselnik, he basically makes up everything in his head. None of the stuff he says is real. It's just ideas that he has, and he just basically goes, walk down the street, saw a baby in a car, and basically, like, the windows were down, it was hot, it was great. I mean, I'm, I'm butchering it completely, but, you know, it's just weird shit about yeah, yeah. punching babies or stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> but um, his stuff, I mean, there's, there's bits of it that is true. I mean, Anthony Jeselnik had a TV show um, called The Jeselnik Offensive, and one of it, he basically does like stuff from the news. And he talks about this in his show that he did um, a whole thing about shark, shark. There was a shark attack and it killed a guy in New Zealand. And on his show, he's just basically like, this is a great day. Like a guy has been killed by a shark. Five million <laughs> sharks get killed by humans every year, but only like four gets killed by by sharks like humans get killed by sharks so we're gonna have a shark party and literally just gets women dressed up as sharks coming out he's just dancing around and it's great and that was the end of it and then about six months later it gets shown to the family of the guy in new zealand oh, no. and the whole of new zealand just basically rises up against him and just basically death threats or everything at him i mean I don't want to ruin everything that happened, but it's, it, it's great. Like, I loved his TV show. He does a thing called, um, um, what's it called? Sacred Cow. And he just talks about stuff that you don't talk about. And uh, there's one with cancer. And he just basically goes into a room of cancer patients and starts telling jokes about cancer. Um, just basically, like, what have you got? And she's like, um, something like that something bad that that's a cirrhosis is like that's got to be the hardest thing about what you have remembering what you actually have because <laughs> of such long names <laughs> I mean, it's all in good fun obviously but um like i love that kind of humor, like really dark humor both of his specials um his tv shows unfortunately not on netflix but um his two netflix specials are on there so if you do like dark humor i'd recommend checking out thoughts and prayers and fire in the um, what's it called? Fire in the um, so like not nursery room, but it's something along that maternity ward. Fire in the maternity ward, like they're both on Netflix. I love it. I went to see him in Fringe, um, a few years ago because he's one of my favorite comics, and he obviously he's Canadian. So I was like, I need to go to Edinburgh Fringe. Like the Fringe is amazing. I love it. Yeah, performing there. What if you have? Yeah. I've in a few times, but not officially done my own show. I want to, but it's 
it's quite expensive. Yeah, especially it's such a, an action-packed week. Got, I only went for two days, and there was so much stuff going on. From 9am to about 4 o'clock like, at night, it's just, yeah, it's just so much to do. I love it. I love the fringe. I want to go back. Yeah, I think because we went, we just randomly stayed in a hostel, and um, like I said, we went to, because it's the first time I've been to Edinburgh, I was like, we do the castle, but then you realise there's so much stuff going on, like just randomly in a pub, you walk past a pub and it's like, yeah, I've got a comedy, you want to come in to listen to some poets, and they've just got it all on, and then you go down to another pub, it's like, yeah, we've got an open mic night, and you go down somewhere else, we've got a band on, it's just like, it's just all crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I wish I had more time. And I said, definitely, if I go again, it's going to be for like a week. Because, like I said, I absolutely, I, I went to see an acapella band. I went to see Anthony Jesenick. And I was just walking past and I was like, I think my girlfriend, my, I said girlfriend at the time, she's still my girlfriend now. But, but <laughs> <laughs> um, she was just basically uh, meeting a friend because she lives in Edinburgh. And she's like, you've got like half an hour now to go do something. I was like, all right, what's on? Oh, this guy sounds fun. Let's go watch him. It was just some guy doing random sports games for like a sports comedy. And um, yeah, it was just great. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, the sport. And basically, I just got up and started doing random. It was basically like a game show for sports day. And, right. and he was giving out wervers for treats and stuff. And it was great. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just random shit like that. I just absolutely love yeah. it. Amazing, and I think that's what the idea of the fringe is. It's just going out, like I said, just having fun. And I absolutely went in with low expectations, and I came out loving it. But I mean, I'm not good enough to obviously do my own show there. Like I said, I'm not a comedian, but you know, I'd love to go back and just experience it all again. And I think it's one of those things. It's a bucket list, really, isn't it? Like to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe. Like, as a comedian, surely it's something. Like I said, I've jumped in a few, you know, like a few open mic nights and I've jumped in uh, my mate's show, but I've not done my own show. That, no. I, that... Yeah. Um, is my camera still on, by the way? Because it just seems like it's not on. But you can hear me, yeah? I can hear you, but I can't see you. Yeah, for some strange reason, Zoom's just decided just completely free. You can okay, hear me, yeah? Turning... Oh, you still there? I'm yeah, still here, yeah. Back, it... you know? It keeps yeah. coming and going. I have no idea. This this is always a first. It's always great to happen. Uh, <laughs> this is the joys of editing that I can just edit most of this out, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, so you said with Turnbuckle Podcast, you're looking to get guests on and stuff like that. Is there any people that you've? I mean, because there's not a lot of people that like wrestling nowadays as well. Um, well, you'll be surprised. They're just hidden. Um, but I've messaged messaged a guy um, who's I think is quite big, and uh, he said he said he would come on the show. But the day after, Vince McMahon did this whole thing about you know you know how to do Twitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're not uh, allowed to go do your own things anymore because yeah. it it hurts the image. Yes, yeah, so it's a bit difficult, but. Um, yeah, if I can get him on, I'm not going to say who it is because just in case it doesn't happen, or you know, in case it would be amazing. I think is, I think it's quality. Yeah, and he's agreed. He needs to um, finalise it with the company. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, stuff like that is not really derogative towards his image or anything, is it? I mean, it's just talking about wrestling, but yeah. um, it's just one of those things. Like I said, if Vince says something, you can't really 
go against him. So um, yeah. it's just all down to him at the end of the day. But this is, I, I appreciate your film message me wanting to come on as well because, like I said, there's so much stuff we can talk about with Dirty Blondes and the comedy and, like I said, doing your own podcast as well. Is it strange being on a different podcast <laughs> to a degree as well? Because, like I said, you have your own yeah. ways of doing things as well, don't you? So. It's, oh, but actually, it's just, it's just, a comment. It's just talking, isn't it, really? Like, I suppose me, me and John have got asked, we've already kind of getting like developing our own style of the way yeah. we do it good that's the important thing as well like I said getting your style and getting your brand out there as yeah. well um, like I said to you when I came on it's just like I just like to talk whatever happens whatever we talk about mm-hmm. it just happens so I mean sometimes it could just be we talk for 50 minutes about just wrestling and then yeah. 10 minutes of dirty blondes and it's just like yeah i mean that that's that's basically everything on there we could talk about random tangents of like i said anthony jeselnik and babies but you never know <laughs> um i i don't like having that format for me anyway like i said everybody's completely different um it's just a conversation um, this is what real life is about. It's just people getting together, having a conversation, see where it takes you, and then yeah, hopefully people enjoy it. <laughs> so um, that's, yeah, that's what we do. We just talk about wrestling and hope people enjoy it. And people, you know, just have an hour away from whatever they're doing, their busy, hectic lives, to listen to two guys talk about wrestling nonsense. Yeah, and I think that's the the thing nowadays as well like you said just when they're going off to work and just listening to it in the car or whatever they're doing that's what i just like doing just like in between stuff yeah. in between work i work on obviously phones so i'm on my phone constantly uh, in yeah. between calls so in between calls i'll just put on a, a podcast and just listen or before i started doing podcasts i, I listen to audio books so you can just listen and just enjoying just a massive different world and i think it doesn't help my numbers on the analytics because it keeps people saying people are stopping and starting and stopping and starting i'm like just yeah. listen to it all the way through and it's like your retention rate at 30 minutes i'm like thanks <laughs> but they are listening to it it's just stop and start stop and start or they'll listen to it on the way to work and then it'll be stop at 20 minutes and then i'll come yeah. home while they're cooking dinner and listen for five minutes i mean this is what my girlfriend does i'm just going off what she says she supports me she listens to it so just <laughs> Does uh, your partner like wrestling? And I assume it's going to be kind of. Um, she supports you, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. She definitely watches it when Finn Finn Balor's on TV. I can tell yeah. you that. <laughs> you like Balor? Yeah, um, but it's just strange as well because you both come from the same background. Like you said, that's like you did you meet at like at the pubs or how long have you been together now? Been. Together for like almost three years, getting married next year. Um, we met, well, I met at the Blackpool Tower when we worked there together. Um, but yeah, we kind of got, I, I liked it at the tower, but basically I didn't, I was too afraid to tell her. So when we met up a few years later, we got together then. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I've got my chance now. Everything happens for a reason and we're back in the yeah. same area, so... Might as well do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got a kid now as well, haven't you, together? So 
place? Uh, well, it's not it's not with Molly. Uh, I probably should point that out. Um, but you know, when we get married, um, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, I'm the same though. Like, um, my daughter's with my ex-wife. I'm married and divorced at 29, yeah. which is always a great opening line for people. Married, <laughs> divorced with a 10-year-old at 29. Uh, that's me. That's Jamie. But uh, <laughs> so, but luckily, like I'm saying, this is great, and she supports me. She listens to my podcast. She she adores film. I mean, we talk about doing our own podcast together as well. Is that something that? Molly says to yourself, like, we do a podcast about Finn Balor. <laughs> not, not a dance in hell. <laughs> Molly, no chance in hell. She likes to be unseen, heard kind of thing. She's the uh, silent one. Yeah, she would not be do a podcast. No. I don't think so. She might do. I mean, she might surprise me, but I, I don't think she would. No. No, I think that's just a thing as well. Whatever, whatever works for you guys. I assume how you do it, obviously, when you've got your kid. So, um, are you full-time, I assume, at Dirty Blondes? You're there quite a lot, so... Yeah, so I pretty much work... Um, so, I have two days off a, a week. Rather, so rather, it's normally Tuesday, Wednesday, but it's, it could be two days, like Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So, I work Thursday to Sunday, um, and then have Monday, Tuesday off, and have Emily... Um, but then, so I have Emily Monday to Thursday morning, but then the days I don't have her, Molly watches her. Um, that makes sense. I think I yeah, said yeah. that really quickly. But yeah, yeah I have her a fair bit now, which is good. Um, but it's just, she's gone, she's gone to school. I don't like these school runs. It's weird. The parents are all clicky. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, I don't drive and I live in Bispam. So yeah. you said you went to Moor Park School. So I live just behind Moor Park, swimming baths to a degree. Um, mm. I live in like the um, the spice rack, shall we call it. If uh, Basically, <laughs> you've got you've got all the roads which are named after spices. So you've got Coriander Close, Jive Close, Thyme Close, all of these yeah. random spices. I live around there. So, and then right near that is Canada. You have like lots of Canadian streets. Is it? I don't know what that is. I'm gonna have to look for that. <laughs> yeah, um, Toronto. There's, there's, there's loads of. Oh, yeah, it. there is because I yeah. always, walk, I always walk past it, and I'm always yeah. like, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. There's one from <laughs> Winnipeg, and I always say it every time I walk past it. I go, That's Winnipeg, yeah. you idiot. <laughs> I kind of do related. Yeah. Yeah, I've never actually noticed that. I'm gonna properly look into it. I always just look at Winnipeg and just go, hey, Winnipeg. Um. But so obviously with school, I always I have to walk all the way down to Bismarck Road, get the seven, and she goes to near the football club. So, right, yeah, uh, quite a distance. <laughs> so I used to live around town area, like Park Road and Whitegate Drive area. So we used to walk like 30, 40 minutes. So I'm used to the commute, but like you say, it's just, I don't speak to any of the parents. I let you go, drop her off, go. <laughs> But you'll see so many groups of people all together, and it's just like, yeah, I've seen this in movies. I didn't actually know this is a thing. Bad moms. <laughs> and I probably get swept into it somehow. Oh hi, how's your daughter? Oh, and how's your mom? Da, da, da. Have you seen that new uh, offer at Tesco? What? <laughs> this is all great material. I mean, <laughs> it all works if you can somehow get it all into um, that. But 
I'm just scared because she goes to high school next year. So. Oh yeah, I mean I'm way off that, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But it was when we were talking to my ex-wife about it all because when I was her age, I used to I I grew up in Grange Park, and I used to go to Carlton C of E. So I used to walk or get the bus or bike in year five, year four, and so I used to always bike it. Uh, but yeah. now kids aren't allowed to go by themselves. Like, there's so much, like, worry from the media or there's so much stuff going on that they're not allowed to go by themselves or... Anything. Yeah. I was doing it at, like, say, eight years old, biking from Grange Park to, like, Carlton. Times were different back then. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. So, um, I don't know if um, you've, you've seen some of my... Um, podcasts um you don't need to tell me which ones uh but usually at the end of them i usually do a whole thing of favorites yeah so we'll start off favorite movie favorite movie i mean matt davenport did a top five so <laughs> do you know what like i do like romantic comedies and that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. one of my all-time favourite films is Cruel Intentions. What a film. I'm, I'm, right, I'm, I'm so glad you was up, because I thought you might be a bit like, mm. uh, it, it was on my top 10 movies of the 90s. And my oh, list and, yeah. yeah. I mean, cool. it was number nine or 10, but yeah. It, it made the cut. Yeah. yeah, Cruel Intentions, I absolutely love. Um, Happy Hunting. There's also a film Kid. It's a Disney film, it's called Heavyweights. I haven't heard of that one. Right, you need to watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. So it's about these kids who got to fat camp and Ben Stiller's in it. It's like one of Ben Stiller's early films. And it's just so funny. Um, heavyweights, that's that's another... You need to watch that. I think you'll love that. Yeah. And so it's not enough to do with wrestling or anything. Like when you say heavyweights, you think wrestling, but... No, no, these are just about fat kids who got to fat camp. <laughs> no, but, but speaking of wrestling, you said Ready to Rumble. What a film that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. made some. But uh, just going back to Cool Intentions, I said I've definitely had it on my nights. This is having ninth or tenth because again, I, I adore the movie completely. That Ryan Philippe, uh, Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar, and Reese Witherspoon are amazing. Um, when I went to New York, I went around to find the locations, and I found the um, the mansion where it's filmed. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird because it's a it's a embassy. It's an embassy. That's what it is. It's an embassy building for like Colombia or something weird like that. All the flags are outside. But yeah. uh, I wanted to go find out where the end, you know, the taxi bit at the end happened. But um, yeah. it was weird to try and find that. Um, I couldn't find it at all. But um, I went to find that, but I couldn't. Um, but I've got the soundtrack on vinyl. It's an amazing soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. And it's pink as well, which is beautiful. I love coloured vinyl. So, yeah. um, so cruel really? intentions. So and hey, but it's bloody awful. It's free. I've got them all. Have they? <laughs> uh, to be fair, Amy Adams is in number two or three. I can't remember which one she's in, but she's in one of them. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that number two is like it. One of them's a prequel, one of them's a sequel. Oh, okay. So two follows on from the first one. And then the third, no, I don't even know anymore. I don't, we don't count two and three. They're not real. They don't exist. But uh, number one is a great film. Um, so... Obviously, with Dirty Blonde, you have certain type of music that plays there. Is yeah. this your type of music, or are you completely I, way I, off of that? 
I love ska music. Um, ska and a bit of Northern Soul. Oh, you uh, booked the specials, didn't you? You're going to see the specials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I saw all the big excitement when you were booking all of that. <laughs> the specials when we first saw him was absolutely amazing. And then I've got to go see him again because this could be the last tour. And then I seen Bad Manners in Preston. Uh, that they were really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen Scarface. They are a local band that play all around Blackpool. Yeah. So you you big on Scar? Do you have a favourite band then, or would you say it's definitely Specials? Probably the Specials. There's a new ska band um, called the Interrupters, which are amazing. It's got a female female lead singer. What are they called? Sorry. The Interrupters. Oh, the Interrupters. Yeah, yeah. You want to check them out? They're good. I like listening to. I'm one of those people. I'll listen to anything. It's got a good beat. I don't care. I mean, uh, it's one of those days. Back in the days of iTunes, top like 25 songs you used to listen to. It went from like. Michael Bublé to Kelly Clarkson to NWA <laughs> it was just like if it's good I don't mind I'd happily listen to anything to the killers randomly and stuff like that so I, I, I have it do you have a favourite song don't have to be specials but uh, one, of, one of my favourite songs well it's up there at least is um there's a band called Men Without Hats, big in the 80s. They do a song called Safety Dance. The Safety Dance. Yeah, that's the one. It's just, I think it's the lyrics. It says like, if you don't dance, no, if your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, they're no friends of mine. I just think that's a, I think that's a great lyric. I think one of my favorite bits on that as well, uh, do you watch Scrubs? Yeah, and I knew that. Because friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, no friends of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Ego! Ego! Yeah, uh, but that nicely brings us on to favourite TV show, though, so... <laughs> TV show, I mean... Um, do you know what's interesting, though? I've never got into How I Met Your Mother. Like, I, I don't know the ending. I know loosely people have told me the ending of How I Met Your Mother, but I've just started watching it, so I'm on, like, season four, and I'm loving it. I um, mean, there's, there's a, a very niche amount of people out there that would say it's better than Friends. It's very, very, very good. Like I think, if it wasn't for Barney, it wouldn't be as good. But Barney Stinson's incredible. But the end does let it down significantly. Yeah, I believe so. I believe. I mean, it's gonna be a spoiler here. I believe someone gets cancer and then they marry. And I don't know. I've heard bits of it, but I don't know. I don't want to know anyway. I won't spoil it. The only yeah. thing that I will say it's not a spoiler, but obviously the whole thing is him telling this to his kids. Mm. And there is a scene with the kids at the end, which means they filmed this nine years. They filmed it during season one. So they've kept this secret for nine years. Right, I see. Okay. So they already knew where it was ending. But I think because of the development of the TV show and the characters, they were stuck with this ending. And I mean, I appreciate it for that because they kept this secret for nine years of the ending. But they got themselves into a hole and it shouldn't have ended the way it did. Right. That's it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a TV show. I really like Modern Family. Modern Family. Greatest really comedy good. of all time. Yeah. I mean, Phil Dunphy is a bloody legend. I love him. He's, just, he's so funny, isn't he? 
That, that, so, so, so if I was any TV character, it would be Phil Dunphy. Yeah, because Phil he's Dunphy. just ridiculous. Yeah, and that's the type of person that, I, as a dad, I'd want to be anyway. It's like yeah. in the first episode, it's just like I know all the moves to high school musical, and I do. <laughs> I, I actually do. So, yeah. <laughs> especially doing performing arts as well. It's like his his wife in the show, the, the actor that plays her, uh, she's yeah. got paid. You, Julie Bowen. Mm. Yeah. But their dynamic as well, like I love, I just love everything. I, I think Modern Family is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Yeah, it's really uh, good, isn't it? Yeah, and it, all the characters, the ensemble of it all, to stay together as well for 12 yeah. seasons that nobody left. You look at like, I mean, granted, obviously the six friends stay together, but you know, if you look at most shows, people will leave or come back and will get yeah. somebody else in. To have so many people so long together and watching, I think, when I watched it as well, you grow up with Haley, and you grow up, and you yeah, everybody, uh, Luke and Alex. I forgot their names then, <laughs> but um, you grow up with them. So it's just weird, like when you're watching it on Sky. It's one of those shows I can't rewatch because I've I've gone on this adventure with them all for twelve <laughs> years, like growing up with them. So it feels weird going back and watching like series for rain, like random yeah. episodes when I'm watching. It, I'm just like, no, but. I watched it from the beginning, so 12-year journey with this family of just, I think that's one of the most unbelievable shows I've ever watched, Modern Family. It's my, my favourite comedy of all time. Well, it's um, Doc Brown, isn't it, who writes it? You know, what's he called? Well, it's um, Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Christopher Lloyd, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, a very, it's an incredible show. Um, so, favourite actor? <sighs> Um, I don't know, it's a difficult one really because I'm not a huge fan of like, oh, he's my favourite actor, he's my favourite actor. I just like movies, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I, I don't think I have a favourite actor. Um, no. To be fair, um, oh God, I'm, honestly, I'm completely. Um, I'm very good with names. If you say a film, I'll probably know. I'm massive on my films. So. Um, he also played. Um, is in is in I love you, man. I love you, man. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, right? Paul Rudd. <laughs> I think it's just so funny in everything he does. Slap at the bass. Like, I just I love him. He's just every time he's in a movie, I'm like, yes, Paul Rudd's in it. He's it's just great. Um, so possibly maybe him. Yeah, I felt think like, I think. Again, Paul Rudd, role models, what a film role models is. Yeah. That's really high on my list of, like, comedies. And <laughs> he's in Romeo and Juliet, randomly, you know, the Baz Luhrmann 90s film. He is. Right, yeah. And then Clueless, another great 90s comedy. And that's yeah. got Turk from Scrubs in it as well, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think Paul Wood is incredible. And it's weird seeing his transformation from, like, those films to Friends like he's now a marvel cinematic superhero <laughs> yeah, i'd rather him be like the clueless geek you know yeah. um so we did favorite actor so you said that you've seen the special is there any band that you've ever wanted to see live that you never could madness i've never seen madness and i don't think i will just because they did like the um the switch on recently didn't they like the new year's yeah but being a bar I was working out, you know, obviously that's like, yeah. we were really busy, so I couldn't, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
No, I think I think that would be a good one to. Like I said I watched it on. I'm pretty sure it was New Year's, wasn't it? They did it. Madness. Hmm. I can't even remember now. They did a switch on or a New Year's. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you read a lot? Do you have like any favourite books or? Do you know what? I've never read books. The only books I actually read are like books about history or autobiographies. Read autobiographies, yeah. Yeah. I've never read a novel. I've, the only novel, if you will, <laughs> the only books I've actually read that are like story books are Roald Dahl. I love Roald Dahl books. Yeah. Um, but Mike, Michael J. Fox, if you ever read his autobiography, amazing. He's on about um, in Back to the Future 3, you know, he does a hanging scene. Yeah. Um, he almost got hung for real. And it's just, it's so many good stories about how he discovered Parkinson and how he's turned it into his gift. That's what he calls it, his gift. And it's just, it's just a great, a great read. No, I think autobiography is something um, I enjoy reading. I've only got, I've only got the one WWE biography, surprisingly, and it's signed when I met him. It's Eric Bischoff's Controversy Creates Cash. Yeah. What a book that is. But I've listened to the JR one, you know, his new one, Behind the Hat, or that's a really good documentary, uh, a documentary. It's very good. Uh, autobiography because I said I've got Audible now because I, like, I just like listening to books. Uh, I don't have time to sit and read, and you know, I yeah, I get bored with reading and like I don't know, I just my attention span isn't. Yeah, so I'd rather I'm one of those people like if I'm doing something, I'd happily just play football manager whilst doing it and have something else doing at the same time. I can't read and do football manager, but I can listen and do football manager, or I'll always yeah. have the TV on, so I'm watching the TV and doing something else at the same time. They say men can't yeah. multitask, but when it comes to football manager, we can do anything. <laughs> that's for me anyway. Um, but no, the Eric Bischoff one, when I met him and I got it signed, like, Eric Bischoff's one of my idols in wrestling yeah. anyway. Because um, I used to go to PCW quite a lot, if you ever went there. Yeah. Yeah, PCW. I've seen uh, Ryback when he just left WWE, and he was at PCW for like a special match, and yeah. Ryback, huge like on camera it doesn't it doesn't do its justice no i mean saying about that i met the dudley boys jesus christ they are massive you don't expect them to be quite big because they're quite small uh, size yeah. wise but they were bulked um, even McFoley, mcfoley's a huge man yeah that's the thing because i think the camera just makes you think oh yeah they're fine and you just meet them first like oh my god it's like when i met william regal at that nxt night it's like, mm. Jesus. But, um, yeah, the PCW back in the day was amazing. I, I met my, the love of my life, Maria. Um, yeah. Mac and Ellis. Uh, yeah. Met the Kingdom when they were there. Eric Bischoff, Jeff Jarrett. Nice. Some of the stuff back then, it was it was great PCW. I think it's gone a little bit downhill uh, nowadays. I don't really watch anymore. It could still be good, but they used to have so many great talent there. Um, one of the ones that I went... Um, I've got it on Blu-ray because it was one of the one I watched and I was like, I'm definitely going to go watch this. It was Prince Devitt and Kevin Owens. Yeah. As obviously, they were on that show and it's like, wow. And like, he just fell in love with Prince Devitt then because he, he wore that for every show. The Demon, Face Paint. Yeah. And then Kevin Steen. I love Kevin Owens. I think he's so underrated. But uh, I recently watched the NXT takeovers when he debuted. I was just like... It was so good. Like I'm a massive fan of Sami Zayn, not because of the gingerness, but you know, I think. Yeah, no, he, he, in it, I like him. 
Yeah, but he's he's such an incredible wrestler. But um, no, I mean I don't know exactly how I'm gonna. I'm not saying obviously to get rid of you, but I don't know how I'm gonna end this at some point because I can't press stop or I can't do anything on the screen, so it might just close. <laughs> but um, it yeah, has play. So what's that? Sorry, I got the new Tony Hawk to play, so that's that's fine. I'm gonna play. That's great, isn't it? Oh god, it's the the controls are literally so similar. Like my muscle memory just kicked in. Literally, I was as soon as I played it, I was like, I'm do, I was doing my five forty melons all over again. Yeah. I was like, how am I still? How do I still remember to do this? As soon as I hit the ground, I pressed R two straight away to revert. Didn't even learn how to do revert. It just happened, and yeah. I was just like, oh my god. And I was like, as soon as I landed, I pressed up down. I was doing a manual. I was like, combos are coming in now. <laughs> I was just like. Stop. Uh, Honestly, I'm excited. I'm gonna have to go play it. Like it's just <laughs> love it. It's so good. Best yeah. game, of definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've only about sixty percent through the first one. There's one of them downhill jammers really annoying me for the secret tape. But I don't even get me started on the. On, yeah, some of them are really. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to go play it now. Yeah, but that's, but... end it. <laughs> yeah, it has been a, it has been fun though. Sorry about the whole technical de delay or everything that's happened. Uh, it's, right. it's the first time it's happened, so. That's a special moment for you. But yeah. um, it has been fun and I've enjoyed talking to you. So thank you very yeah. much for coming. Thank out. you. Um, just a little plug, you know, if you want to listen to my podcast, we're on Facebook and on Instagram, Turnbuckle Talk Podcast. Two lads talking about nonsense and wrestling. So yeah, just give us a like, give us a follow, give us a whatever social media you have and uh, listen to us. Yeah, like I said, it's available in all formats now. Yeah, listen to it. Listen to wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>